Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. New theme. Look at you, right? Look at you. Uh, Keegan, by the way, I just want to encourage your heart. I don't know if you've posted again yet for this Instagram contest, but we saw your photo like last second on the Wednesday that we were deciding last time. And it was already, like, decided which three we were going. And I was like, how did we miss this one? It was so good. It probably would have won if it was put in the top three. Please post again because you're really good at it. Really good at it. So, anyway, you can win $50, people. Get on it. That's all I'm going to say. It'll help your mom and dad pay for your retreat. And you can be considered a paid photographer. Right? Be like, well, on my Twitter account, I am a, you know, high school student. I play the violin, I'm a paid photographer, and I love Jesus. Or you could switch the order and you can write, I love Jesus first. But whatever, you know, it's all good. It's up to you. But yeah, you could just be like, they pay me to take pictures. It's whatever. It's whatever. Ah, good. Cool. You going to do it? You going to do it? Prove it. That's all I have to say. Prove it. All right. Look at you. Do you guys remember at, at all what Ben was talking about last week? Because I'm going to remind you because it was super good. All right. So do you remember what he was talking about? He said that we, yeah, we, sh- we aired some videos from the conference and this guy, Tony Brazelton, who was here. And he was saying that God created on the first day, right? And he created on the second day. And he created on the third day. And I don't have them memorized because I didn't grow up in, you know, Sunday school and stuff. So I just, you know, I'm behind the eight ball on that. And the, th- and the fourth day, and the fifth day, right? And he created all the stuff, the trees and the sky and the, the stars and the moon and the Loch Ness Monster and all that stuff. He d- got it all covered, right? And then on the sixth day, what did he create? Do you remember? Humans, right? <laughs> Humans, if you're Jewish, I guess. <laughs> Humans. Yeah, he created us. He said, he in, let's make man in our image, right? He created us on the sixth day. And what the point was, was that didn't you recognize the fact that he didn't need whose help? He did not need our help, right? He had no need for us to be like, uh, Everest should go a little to the left. I think the canyon's a little too small. You know, like he, he didn't need us. He is perfect, and so his perfect will for you and for me was what? To wake up. He he put his spirit in our lungs by his breath of life, woke us up, looked us in the face. Like, imagine that. Like, this is what our friend Josh always says. It's it's so beautiful, and I don't know if he stole from someone else or not, but imagine God, right, and he's breathing life into you for the first time to cause you to wake up because he just made you out of dust because he's God, in your face like he's God and he just made you out of dust Adam and so he puts his mouth down like I don't know how if you could probably I don't know how you would do this because it's a God right so he's huge but then he puts his mouth down to Adam's mouth and nose and breathes in his life right so have you ever woken up to your sibling like this (laughs) in your face right Like, I did that to my little brother one time when my older brother's dog bit me in the face and I was bleeding all over. I was like, before anything else, before I clean this up, I've got to utilize this opportunity. (laughs) Right. 
So I ran to my little brother's room, and I, like, got my face right over top of him, blood just squeezing down my face. And I was like, hey, Dana, wake up. Ah, what the heck is wrong with you? And I won't even watch The Walking Dead, but I'll pull some crap like that. But, you know, whatever. It's whatever. And so you, you get this picture of Adam waking up to the face of God like, whoa. And what was God's first words to Adam? Ah, <laughs> oh. it, it might have been the first recorded words of God. I love you, Trent. You're a beautiful human. A beautiful human. And God's first words to Adam was, it's good. It's Gucci. You could use that too. It's all good. But seriously, like, that was the relationship. That was how, that was how man, that was how Adam understood the way that God thought about him. You hear what I'm saying? Like, he thought, he knew, like, the first, the only, like, the very beginning of their relationship was God, the creator of everything, going like, now that is good. That is very, very good. That right there is good. And Adam's like, man, I know. You did a good job. Look at that. Just brush a little extra dust off your shoulder and everything, and it's all good. And it, like, brings right into this, like, this lifestyle that we were created into where we were not created to do the things that God does. We were created to appreciate the things that God does, right? And I just want to say, like, just as a reminder from what Ben was preaching on last week, that we can live our life, are you ready for this? This is really corny, but it's good. On the appreciation trail. Oh, yeah. Not the appellation trail, but the appreciation trail and we can live there, and it's going to seriously, like, totally annihilate probably, like, 80 to 90% of your problems. Like, if you will just literally appreciate the things that God is doing in your life, it will totally take the, like, the foothold or, like, the strength of the enemy's lies that he uses to make you anxious, to make you ashamed, to make you fearful, to make you, like, whatever, just, like, feel bad about yourself or whatever. All of those lies that he uses, you just go, like, wait a second, that's not even true. I, I know because I'm so thankful that God made me and he said I was good. So you can literally just like cut yourself off from the lies of the enemy by staying on the trail with God and being appreciative and being thankful, right? It's so good. So that just leads right into the second thing that he was talking about. And it was basically that you have to include yourself in that in that trail journey, okay? You can be appreciative of like, oh, man, my friend Ben. Like, and I actually say this about Ben. I'm like, I don't understand how a regular human human is supposed to keep up with that individual. Like, literally, I work with Ben, and it's like 3 o'clock, and I'm like dying. My stomach's eating itself, and he's still like throwing 80-pound sacks of concrete around like they're nothing. I'm like, Ben, we were going to eat three hours ago, and then you forgot. <sighs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> and seriously, it's like literally like that. But like you, it's so easy to appreciate the people around you, right? You're like, oh, man, Andrew, his hair is so long and flowy. If I was, if I had locks like that, I'd be so cool. And, you know, like you, you think about yourself compared to other people and you appreciate them. But oftentimes you cut yourself off from the appreciation that Adam saw when he woke up and saw God saying right to his face, you are good. Okay, and so what Ben was talking about and what he was 
saying, he was saying like, you know, the Israelites, they grew up and they, they had an issue um, with fear and unbelief, but it wasn't, remember this, he was saying, it wasn't because they were unbelieving towards God, right? Because these are the people that literally, literally, where is he? There he is, literally, literally, there it is, thank you, proper English. Literally, I can't do it, so I'm rednecks, the way it is. Um, saw the Red Sea parted, and like, you know, a beluga whale is like going by, and you're like, what is going on? And you're just like walking on dry, semi-wet sand, and fishes are swimming past you, and you're like, this is what they walked in. This is how they lived their life. When they had to go somewhere, how did God tell them where to go? There was a giant freaking fire, pillar, like flame, like don't get too close, you die. You will die because it's fire, and fire kills people. Like, just so you know, if it was daytime, they had that cloud, right? Like, supernatural manifestations of stuff. They get to the middle of the day. Like, have you ever been on a hike, and you've run out of water before? And you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so thirsty. Somebody give me water. Somebody give me water. Moses takes a stick, and he whacks a rock, and water starts coming out. This is the kind of life that they lived. Like, that is crazy stuff. So when he said that he was, they were struggling and they were, they were like worried and all this stuff because of unbelief. They didn't have any rest because of unbelief. It wasn't because of unbelief in God, right? Right? Talk to me. Talk to me. Thank you. Because why? Because they saw crazy miracles every single day. Oh, we don't have any food. A loaf of bread pops out of the grass. Grass doesn't grow bread. It's not how it works, okay? Well, then they start complaining. They're complaining. What the heck? And what happens then? They say, we don't have any meat. And so he like blows a wind, right? And all of these birds like, now you got meat. Shut up. (laughs) Seriously. And so it wasn't their unbelief in God. It was their unbelief in what God believed about them, right? And we said this last week, and it's not to, like, drop some bomb or whatever, but it's true. They didn't believe who God said they were. They didn't have the breath of God in their face going, it's good. You're good. They forgot. They forgot. That's why it's so important that we live in a place of intimacy with God. That's why it's so important that we come in here on a Wednesday night and get into corporate worship. It's so important that you go into your room, you kick the door closed, you say, Mom, I'm not doing that right now. i got to worship Jesus. I apologize to every mother whose child uses that as an excuse not to do the dishes. Because it also says that you got to love and honor your mother and father. It's the only, it's the first, it's the first command with a promise, right, that you'd have a long life. So don't go dying on me. Don't you go dying on me. Honor your mama. (laughs) Seriously. No, but, but seriously, you set your alarm clock. You get up before you got to go to school. Get Get some FaceTime with God. Get some FaceTime with God. You might actually feel better about yourself. You might actually change the school that you go to every single day because you'll be a light. Oh, all of a sudden, you're the fire. All of a sudden, you're the fire showing people which way God moves. Come on, guys. Ah. FaceTime with God. So... This look at you month, it's all about finding out who we are in God, right? 
It's all about being able to wake up in the morning and look into a mirror and go, I know who I am. And look at yourself and go, I know exactly who God tells me that I am. I'm good. And even if it's just like that's your foundation and you start there, let it start there. That's where it all started anyway. That's where it all started anyway. Ah, okay. But if you don't wake up every single morning and just go like, I'm a beautiful, wonderful, amazing, loving, kind. What is the, the, the use, use smart? Use smart, use kind, use important, right? That kind of stuff will change you, man. How many of you have a grandmother that just prays for you? Like, you can think of a grandmother or a mother or a grandfather or somebody in your life who just prays for you. That kind of stuff changes you. I remember waking up in the morning every single time I slept over at my grandmother's house, and she's like on her rocker singing hymns to Jesus, praying for all her grandkids until we come in. And then it's chocolate milk and scrambled eggs time. You know, it's like, okay, Jesus, hold up. Got to make the kids some eggs. It's just beautiful, wonderful, amazing. Ah, and if you don't have that in your life, this is my promise to you. Jesus is in heaven declaring the promises and truth of God over your life every single day. It says that he is at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you, for you, for you. So don't disqualify yourself because I don't have no grandmammy praying in a rocker. That's not how it works. Jesus himself, the one who came to earth to redeem us back to God, died for you, is making intercession. That means praying for you in heaven right next to God. Do you think he hears him? Do you think God hears Jesus when he prays for you? Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Sorry. All right. It's a good word. Hallelujah. Come like a fire, God. Come like a fire. All right. So for tonight, because that was all just recap, right? Just got a few minutes. Um, I want to talk to you out of Ephesians. It's this wonderful book in the Bible, right? Hallelujah. The Bible and the Bible. Yeah. And I just want to read these three verses to you, okay? Four verses to you. Ephesians 1, verses 3 through 6. Blessed be God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption. Say adoption. As sons and daughters by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Say his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Oh, okay. Some highlights from those four verses. Every spiritual blessing he made available to us. Every single one. Every single one. Okay? Ugh. All of them. He chose us in, in Jesus before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him. Okay, do you realize that before there was Everest, before there was waterfalls, before there was the Grand Canyon or the pyramids or any of that stuff, he said, Miguel, yeah, I'm going to make sure that he can stand before me and be totally free from any kind of shame, totally free from any kind of sin, that he would actually be blameless before me. Blameless before me. He made plans. That means that God's, in God's heart, before even 
Before even man was created, before even Adam came and screwed it all up, he had already made arrangements to redeem you. Do you realize that he was not teeter-tottering on the decision of like, well, I don't know. I remember when Gabe didn't make his bed. Well, I don't know. I remember when Hannah, you know, like she just skipped church and went to Burger King with all her friends and got Cinnabon without Dylan. He loves Cinnabon. He loves Cinnabon, and that was just not nice. He was, <laughs> oh, gosh. I, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> that didn't happen to Hannah, though. That's not a real story. <laughs> but seriously, he was not counterbalancing the weight in his mind going like, well, Rain didn't say his prayers enough, so I don't think I can send Jesus. He decided before sin ever was a thing. He already decided that he would come and redeem you. Do you get that? It was already a done deal. He had already, whoa, he had already fixed his mind on it. Ah, uh, having predestined us to adoption, sons and daughters, according to his what? His good pleasure. Do you realize that it wasn't even because he felt it necessary? He, he didn't go like, well, I'm God. I'm the only one who can save them, so I guess I'll throw them a lifesaver. Well, I'm God. I guess... I got myself into this mess, so I guess I'll have to get myself out. Like, that's how I feel when I, like, lose my dog in the woods, you know? I'm like, oh, my gosh, why did we get a dog? I'm going to get so much poison ivy from this. Seriously. God didn't think about you like a dog. It was his good pleasure. It was his good pleasure. It gave him joy to make you his own. It gave him joy to go, no, Damick's going to be my son. I'm going to be well pleased in my son, Damic. I'm going to be able to say the same thing about Damic that I said to Jesus when he came up out of the water and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That is what it means when we get adopted. Do you realize that we become like Christ Jesus as inheritors, as people who inherit the kingdom of God? What's the kingdom of God? The love of the Father. The love of the Father saying, you are my son, you are my daughter, and I am well pleased in you. That'll change your life forever, man. That will seriously change your life. Okay. Ah, uh, this lines up with my wife's favorite verse. So I have to share it. Fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Fear not, little flock. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Ah, uh, he wants to. Ah, uh, it's so good. Ah, uh, this is one of my favorite parts, too. The last verse says, To the praise of the glory of his grace... To the praise of the glory of his grace. Whose grace are we talking about? Right, because it ain't my grace. It ain't my grace. It's his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Okay, so when you think about the glory of the grace of God, we're talking about the point of the arrow of grace. The thing that can pierce through any kind of like unbelief, any kind of hard-heartedness. You think about your friend who hates God the most right now, okay? Think about him or her, person who has been hurt by a church or a person who's like a Jesus person or something, somebody who just hates God, okay? And I want you to like draw back your arrow. Go ahead, draw back, draw back. It's an arrow. It's a grace arrow. I want you to fire it at them. You can say their name if you want. I'm trying to think of somebody now because I just did all this and didn't think about a name. Ah, we're firing arrows at hearts. Okay, and you know what the point of the arrow is? The glory of God's grace is acceptance. 
It's that every single person who you just fired an arrow at who hates God still gets an I love you and your mind out of the mouth of God. They still wake up to the face of God going, you are good. You are good. And they go, I don't even love you. You're, you're not even real to me. I hate you because I heard this so many times when I did ministry with Katie in bars in Austria. We'd hear, ah, I'm an atheist. I don't even believe in God. We go, what do you mean you don't believe in God? Well, my grandmother died, and I prayed to God, and he didn't, make her, he didn't bring her back to life. And, or he didn't, he didn't save her from cancer or whatever. And we go, so, so you don't not believe in God. You just hate God because you think he didn't answer your prayer. And you know what God's saying to the person who just says, there's not a God. There couldn't be a God. If there was a God, then there wouldn't be so many hungry, starving kids in Africa. There wouldn't be war. There wouldn't be this. There wouldn't be that. And he's just sitting there with his face up against their face every morning and go, you're good, and I love you and you're mine, and I'm not going to ever go away. I'm just going to stay here every single morning. You know the Bible says that there's new mercies every single morning, that his heart gets renewed in love towards you every single day, every single day. So if we can talk about this, we can talk like this about people who hate God, and then there's Christians, believers, children of God like you that wake up and you go, I don't know if God loves me. What the heck? What is, what is up? What is up? I'll tell you what's up. There's no FaceTime. There's no FaceTime. We've got to get in the face of God and go, oh, man, that's right. You love me. We've got to believe the things that he believes about us every single day so that you can burn like a fire, so that you can burn like a fire and show people the way to the love of God. It's not a burden. It's a joy. It's something that you get to joyfully walk in. Oh, come on. Ah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so really quick, this adoption thing, right? He said he predestined us to adoption, to become sons and daughters. I know some, some people are adopted in the natural and all that kind of stuff. This is a spiritual adoption, right? And the thing is that this is Paul, and he's writing to a group of ancient Romans. And adoption wasn't a thing for Jewish people, right? Like Jesus was a Jew, and this whole Jewish tribe, they, they didn't do adoption, not how it worked okay but in the roman culture he's he's writing directly to them and he's saying even in even in romans 8 15 right he said you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear but you received a spirit of adoption by whom you cry out abba father right do you guys anybody know what abba means hit me dad daddy daddy Man, sometimes people get uncomfortable with that. You know, you see a grown man calling his, his father daddy. You're like, whoa, what's going on there? <laughs> They're just being loving and kind. And I, I mean, one of my most favorite people in the whole world who you're going to meet, and I won't tell you why, but Chandi Thomas, he's like, his kids call him Abba. That's what they call him all the time. Abba and, the, and Sarah's Ima, Abba and Ima. It's beautiful and wonderful, and it's tender. And it's exactly what the spirit of adoption that comes into your heart from God cries out in you. It's, a, it's an identifier. It's a thing that tells you that I'm a child of God. And not just like a slave to like do work at, around the house or whatever. But no, I'm here for relationship because it's like this tender, intimate place of daddy. I'm calling out to you. All right. Ah. Okay, so in this culture... The person who's adopted, right, so, so Paul is saying this, like, we didn't receive a spirit of bondage again to fear. We received a spirit of what? 
Adoption, yes. No, that's it, but it's the same thing. Adoption, okay. We didn't receive a spirit of fear, right? We received a spirit of adoption. We're going to try it again because you need to quiet. We didn't receive a spirit of fear. We received a spirit of? Nailed it. Thank you so much. Okay, so in this culture, the person who was adopted received a new identity. They received a new identity, okay? And this thing that I was reading today, it says that their old obligations and debts were wiped out. Say wiped out. Wiped out. Their old obligations and debts were wiped out, and their new lifestyle was assumed. Ah, their new lifestyle was assumed. Okay, and also, it said that, like, here, you know, like, if your grandmother dies or something, or if your grandfather dies, they leave you what? An inheritance, right? Like, you might get, like, your grandfather's watch or his sweet, like, straight razor or something awesome from World War II. Or I don't know, like, my grandfather died. He was in World War II. We got cool stuff. That's all I can say. And so, like, it's not until you die. But in this culture, when you get adopted... In the Roman culture, when you were adopted, you became a son, and all of the inheritance of the father was shared amongst the sons while he was alive, not when he died, right? Because we don't serve a God who's dead. We serve a God who's alive, right? And so in the following verses in Romans, oh, shoot, almost made it. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, say heirs. And if heirs of God, join heirs with Christ. So it's like right now, we have inherited the kingdom of God right now. We're not waiting to die to do something. We're not waiting for somebody to die to hand us something over. Right now, we are walking in an inheritance of the kingdom of God. Right now. Say right now. Say right now again. Much better. I love it. Okay, cool. All of that nonsense, not nonsense, truth, all that truth, to say this. So, we don't have our old obligations. We don't have our old debts. But there's a new lifestyle that you've been adopted into. There's a new lifestyle that you've been adopted into. And I just want to read some of the things, and then we're going to finish. Okay? Ephesians 5.1, it says, we are to be imitators of God as dear children, right? Imitators of God as dear children. Like, how did you learn how to do 95% of the stuff that you do? You watch your mom and dad. And if you're lucky enough to be a second born, you learned a lot from your firstborn older brother or sister, right? Like, it's always the same. Like, firstborns, they walk at like 12 months, right? And then the second one comes along, and they're like seven months, and they're just like walking all over the place. They're like, I'm keeping up with that sucker. He's not getting more than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I'm getting that candy too. And the second born is always like that. They're like, I am imitating my older brother and sister, and I'm going to get the same thing. Okay, imitators of God as dear children. 5-2, the next verse, it says, walk in love just as God has loved you. Galatians 5-22, right? Everybody should know this. The fruit of the Spirit. What spirit are we talking about? The fruits of the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about? The fruits of the Spirit. Okay, what spirit? What spirit? You're not with me. We did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption. What spirit? 
So the fruit of adoption is what? Love. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Isn't that awesome? You realize all of a sudden, it's not just like Holy Spirit, oh, great, I got this nice tingly feeling inside me. This is great. I love having the Holy Spirit inside me. No, it's not just that. You realize that this spirit that God has given you is the actual seed of your sonship. It's the actual ticket or the, like, the proof of purchase that Christ has made over your life that says, I'm a son. So every single time I walk in love, I'm going, I'm his son. Every single time I walk in kindness, I'm going, I'm his son. Every single time I'm long-suffering, I have self-control, I'm gentle, I'm, I'm all these things that are the fruit of the Spirit, I'm going, I'm his son. And this is what the world is asking for. This is what the world is waiting to see for you and me, the children of the living God, to actually act like it, to actually have the fruit of it, right? And you, we can get so caught up in like, it's already been done, everything's been done. I'm looking at my paper and I'm seeing walk in love. I'm looking at my paper and I'm seeing walk in light as children of light. I'm looking at my paper and I'm saying, seeing walk worthy of the calling that you were called with, with all gentleness and lowliness. Okay, I'm seeing a lot of walks. I'm seeing a lot of action statements here, right? And there's this verse in 1 Corinthians, and it says that the kingdom of God is not in talk. The kingdom of God is not in talk. Talk is cheap. But the kingdom of God is power. The kingdom of God is power. The kingdom of God is power. Do you realize how much power you are sowing into somebody when you just love them? You can get so cut yourself off from it so easily when you're like, well, I, I don't know. I don't want to, like, just go up to every single person and pray that they would be healed. Well, why don't you start with loving them? And then out of relationship, you might be able to say one day, you know what? God doesn't want you to have a broken leg. He can heal you right now. Yes, come on. God, heal Victoria right now in Jesus' name. Because it's the inheritance of sons and daughters. Healing is the inheritance of sons and daughters. All right, stand up. Help me. so good. You guys are awesome. Sure. Actually, no. It's good. We're good. It'll be really short. Thanks, dude. Sorry. Yes. Oh, come on. Okay. So are you with me? You guys with me? You with me? Yes. Gentle nod. What, 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 are, you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about let's be sons. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. I'm talking about let's be sons. Let's be daughters. So are you with me? Come on. Let's do this. All right. Last verse. It's out of the same chapter in Romans 8. For the earnest expectation of the creation, that's everything, eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. How are they going to know unless you love? 
How are they going to know unless you're kind? How are they going to know unless you walk in power and you walk in light and you walk worthy of the calling that you were called with? Guys, this is not a pressure or burden that I'm putting on you, but I'm saying there is a door wide open of invitation saying you have what it takes because you're good. You have what it takes because you've been adopted. You have what it takes because you're a son and a daughter of the living God, and he will give you everything that you need to be fire. He'll give you everything that you need to be the flame. Ah, all it takes is a little FaceTime. All it takes is a little FaceTime. So look, God, why don't you just put your hands out in front of you, close your eyes, and we're just going to pray really quick. And then, um, yeah, just, just as, like, you go get snack or whatever, we got a bunch of staff that have cards that have, like, the uh, different verses that are just totally about, like, who you are in God, right? And you can literally, like, put it on your nightstand or put it on your mirror in your bathroom or put it in your purse or wherever you're going to see it. And whenever you need FaceTime, you can literally just read those words, read those verses, and go, like, this is the truth about who I am and what God says. So, come on, God, we just thank you right now for your spirit of adoption that's present here even now. And, Lord, I ask that you would, you would shine so bright your love into these hearts. You would sow the seeds of, of gentleness and kindness and long-suffering and self-control. You'd sow the seeds of love into each heart tonight. God, that the truth about what you believe about them would be so, like, so tangible and so real to them that each one would leave here tonight knowing that I'm a child of God, and if I'm a child, then I'm an heir. Hmm. I belong to the family of God. I belong to the family of God. I'm blameless before him. I'm blameless before him. Hmm. Thank you, God. Yeah, just stay in this place. I just command every ounce of shame to go off of every single person in this room. Anything that disagrees with the promise of God has to go right now. Anything that disagrees with the fact that you are children of God, anything that disagrees with the fact that you're children of light, has to go right now in Jesus' name. Every condemning thought, go right now in the name of Jesus. And we receive the spirit of adoption. We receive your love, God. This podcast was recorded live at Wednesday Night Youth Meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.